What if you could have a career where the opportunities are as vast as our nation, where it's not about mission statements, but a shared mission? At U.S. Customs and Border Protection, we go beyond to protect more than borders, from ship to shore, air to ground, cities to local communities. CBP agents and officers are keeping people safe. Join U.S. Customs and Border Protection and go beyond for something far greater than yourself. Learn more at cbp.gov careers. Recorded live. Good evening, everyone, and welcome to Darkness Within Radio. Tonight I have with me as my co-host, Darlene Watts, and we're going to be talking about a few things, you know, other than, um, like, the paranormal and stuff like that while we're waiting for our guest to call in. Hey, Darlene, what's up? Hey, not much. Just waiting for our guest here. Yeah, I hear that. You know, um, I guess she's having problems getting in, which, you know, oh, this is the first time this ever happened to me. As oh, far it's kind of happened a few times on another show. It could, sometimes it can be a little glitchy, and it really yeah. depends on who and when it happens. So sometimes it yep, takes a yep. few calls. But yeah, I hear it. I hear <laughs> hopefully that. Hopefully she makes it through and uh, we see her pop up on the screen here. Yep. Well, our guest for tonight is going to be Trisha Bailey from Magdalena Paranormal. Um, we do have one of her, her team members in our chat room, and if he'd like to call in, he's more than welcome to call in. You know, we could discuss stuff with him as well. Um, Trish is from New Mexico, so I don't know, maybe it's the weather or whatever down there. <laughs> Maybe it's a little too haunted. <laughs> maybe. Maybe. It would seem like that would else. be a hot spot to me. <laughs> right? I don't know. We got pretty, uh, a lot of hot spots up here ourselves, you know? Yeah, we do. Yep, right across the street we got the Mather Inn and, you know, <laughs> I wrote up a blog about that. That goes all the way back to the Salem Witch Trials. The cotton I'm just wondering where the cemetery was. <laughs> yeah, that would be nice to find out. <laughs> well, we know they moved it, but you know they didn't move everything. <laughs> right, right. Somewhere across the street. Yep, and then of course we have our minds up the street. Mm-hmm. That are, you know. I've actually, I've actually had people tell me, um, no, not necessarily paranormal people, um, tell me that the, the mine was haunted. So there you and go. You we, got a phone call there. Yep. Hello, Hello, buddy. How are you? Hi. Oh, it's you. Hi. Hi. <laughs> Finally got through. I am so sorry, everybody. We were having technical difficulties. We were trying it on both phones, and it would not let us go through. Yeah, see you. Wow. <laughs> Yeah, go ahead at times. <laughs> well, folks, our, our, our guest has joined us. And uh, so, Trish, do you want to tell us about yourself and, you know, about your group and stuff? Sure. And again, first of all, I'm so sorry. I apologize to everybody for keeping you waiting. Um, my name is Trisha Bailey, also known as Ghost Chick. 
and I am the founder and lead investigator of Magdalena Paranormal Heart and Souls Investigation Team, and we are out of Magdalena, New Mexico, which is a tiny, tiny ghost town that probably nobody has ever heard of before. And we are a team that, um, of course, we we take um, paranormal investigations in every field, but we um, specialize in demonology teams, and we are actually a Wiccan team, which makes oh. us uh, kind of unique because we don't use um, much of the normal um, equipment, per se, as most teams do. We do use your basic equipment, of course, but um, all of our equipment basically fits in a backpack as compared to when you see these other teams pull up with boxes and boxes and boxes of equipment. Um, we use ourselves as our main equipment, per se. And um, we use the, we work through the divine and the deities and the special gifts that we've been given from the from the divine, which helps us um, in our investigations and in our communications with the spirits. And we have a very, um, a very successful rate with communication with the spirits. When we do our, um, and stop me at any time if you have any questions, I like to ramble. <laughs> um, <laughs> When we do our our um, EDP sessions with the ghost with our ghost box, I get full on conversations with spirits. It's not just a simple, um, you know, yes, no. You know, we get full conversations. So we we're very, you know, our team's very um, been very blessed and very gifted in that in that one particular field which, of course, makes investigations so much easier because we are able to sit down and basically interview the spirits that we um, come in contact with, per se. Wow, I'd love to hear your EVPs sometime. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I get, like, short answers, you know? Yes. Just, just cut short and stuff. Um, so what yeah, actually so got you? Here. I'm sorry? What? What actually got you into the paranormal? Actually, the, the, the easiest way I can answer that is I'm sure you've heard, um, heard Face Your Fears before. And um, I've always had um, sightings of, you know, I've been able to see spirits since I was a child. And honestly, that used to terrify me, absolutely would terrify me. And then as I would get older, um, death is something that I've always been so afraid of. I, um, I have some health issues and, um, well, I'm actually terminally ill, but my health's good. But I do have a terminal illness, but thank goodness, um, you know, I'm doing okay with that. Thank, thank God. But, um, you know, dying or losing a family member because I've lost, um, well, they weren't my biological children, but to me, they were my children. I've lost two children now, um, both at the age of 19. And wow. that terrified me. You know, death is something I've always been just, trauma, just traumatized of. Death, um, the darkness, monsters, you know, anything to do with that, I didn't want nothing to do with. 
So um, one day I decided, okay, I'm going to face my fears head on, and I'm going to find out more about this. And it turned out I absolutely fell in love with it. And now I can't get enough of that darkness and those monsters and those spirits <laughs> and all of that. So I became their best friend instead of being scared of them now. So that's a good yeah, that's funny how it works, you know, because I seem like I have a few of them that like to communicate with me as well through different methods like pulling the curtains off the windows and, you know, you know, just stuff like that. It's funny how the world works. <laughs> yes, it is, definitely, definitely. And we also have um, a unique team member. I don't know if you've read about him or not, but we actually have a dog on our paranormal team, which also is another uh, unique little aspect of our team. He's actually my service dog. Um, He detects my my seizures. And his name's Harold, and we found out by just taking him along with us, we just had him, you know, there with us, and we started figuring out that Harold is, you know, all animals, of course, are, are sensitive to spirits. But he is extra sensitive. I mean, I mean, he, he's just, we have some, some video of him when we actually had a dark entity or demon. I'm not sure which it was because it, this was back in the beginning. We've been together for a year and a half now. So back at the beginning, I'm not sure what it was that we were dealing with back then. All of our cases now, it tends to, it tends to be um, the deity seems to, or deities or the divine seem to put all of the demonic cases in our path. So back then, I'm not sure which it was, but um, we actually have video of him attacking um, one of the one of the entities trying to protect us. But um, yeah, he he's just he's a really neat little guy. And before when we first go into a property, you know, I'll tell him, show mommy the ghosties, show me the ghosties, and he will go clear around the property, and he will basically show us exactly where to set up our equipment at, and um, sits on my lap almost, well, not in my lap, well, right in front of me, almost in like a trance, and it's just the coolest thing to watch in the world. It, it's really neat. And another another um, time he comes in handy is he will play with, if we are at a location where we have ghost children, he will mm-hmm. play with them. I mean, like literally playing like you have children there. So if I'm getting something on the on the EVP that sounds like a child's voice, and as we all know, uh, demons love to disguise their voices as children to try yep, to manipulate them. So if I'm getting a child's voice on the EVP and I'm not getting no reaction from Harold, boom, I know right there I've got a demon. I'm like, no, you're not fooling anybody because if you were a child, Harold would immediately be up jumping all happy wanting to play with you. So he's our big demon detector in that sense to where we know whether we've got an actual child's ghost or not. So he's very handy. Now, what actually made you change from doing your regular investigations, human spirits, going into your your demonic end of it? I mean, I know for myself, I was told by a very wise man at one point in time, I was going to be like him, and I says, but no, I'm not. Well... (laughs) 
actually, actually, it was um, partially or mainly, I guess you would say, um, through another very wise man. Um, he's my spiritual teacher. His name is Jim Buckman, and he is an author of a wonderful book that actually just changed my life. And I would recommend it to anybody, his book, to anybody in the paranormal or anybody that just has life questions in general. But he wrote a book. It's called um, The Book of Herman, The Divine Inside. And it basically talks about the spiritual journeys um, and and a personal path to to the divine. And he started training me, and that's basically um, his path that he took in life. And uh, the more I studied with him and the more I studied with him and the more the, the divine revealed to me, I just realized, came to realize that this was what I was meant to do. And we started picking up the cases at first. It started out by we started picking up cases that nobody else would touch, nobody else wanted, the ones everybody was afraid of. And we would go in there and knock them out like nothing. You know, to us it was, you know, in, out, simple, easy case. And we just just over time figured out that's, that's really where our gifts laid was the, where, with the demonology. So it right. just kind of was a process over time, I guess. But really, really mainly, uh, Mr. Buckman and his and his he's just the most brilliant man I've ever dealt with in my life. And it was through his teachings mostly. And then, of course, you know, the divine will lead you where you're meant to go. That's yeah, very true. I think, at least to me. Yeah. Now, if you. It, I mean, you've dealt with, like, the demonic entities inside of a a building, or have you actually um, had a fully possessed person that you dealt with? Um, We, not a fully possessed person. Um, We've had clients that have been very close. Um, Almost all of our clients lately that were the cases that we're getting, our clients are right there, I mean, like a, a hairline away. Um, we're catching them, luckily, while they're still in the oppression state, but the very late oppression state. And right. uh, I found a wonderful um, ritual um, or treatment, per se. I'm not sure, you know, whichever one you, you prefer to call it. I don't like exorcisms. I think they're they're very rough on the body. And I would only call someone in to do that if this ritual that we use didn't work. And um, this ritual that we use can be used anywhere from somebody who just has had um, a lot of negative, been around a lot, of, a lot of negative energy, or clear up to somebody that would need an actual exorcism. And it's called a. Um, it's a. It's basically using sea salt. It's a sea salt cleansing um, procedure. And you basically, it's basically a way of using a sea salt uh, foot soap. And then, of course, there's several different things that you're doing. It's not just soaking their feet in salt water. It's a whole process of the saging and using the crystals and, you know, several other things that you're doing. But your main thing that you're doing, the main thing is soaking their feet in the sea salt. And while you're doing that and all these other things you're doing, it basically 
um, removes all of the negative energy um, throughout of the body and replaces it again with the light of the divine. And that is basically a natural way of doing an exorcism. And it works wonders. But to answer your question, um, I have went toe-to-toe with several demons. Um, My worst one, one, the only one that has able, because, again, through Mr. Buckman, um, I have learned a way to destroy, and I know this is kind of hard for people that aren't really, really open-minded to to really understand or even maybe believe, but um, I have a way that, and I, I won't, I won't share the details because, of course, I don't want anybody trying, trying to destroy a demon that hasn't had the proper training. Because, you know, of course, I don't want that backfiring on someone and somebody getting hurt. But I've had the proper training on how to destroy a demon, and I've always, I've, ha- I've no, I've had this ability for several years, but not on how to destroy a demon on spot, on site, which now I can do. For the last several, several years of my life, I was able to do this through Wiccan, through doing spells and rituals, Um, but now through my trainings with my spiritual teacher, um, I've now learned to do it instantly. And um, through no harm, I've never been, I've never been touched before, never been harmed before, injured in any way, until Sandia um, Man Caves in Placita, New Mexico, and that one was a tussle. This one was not going to be destroyed easily, let me tell you. Um, I looked like I had been ran over by a semi by the time I got this one. Um, I was, I don't know, um, several people have seen my photos of my injuries afterwards. After that night, I was... um, and it was interesting because the scratches that was all over my body was all in the upside-down crosses is the shape wow. of crosses that was on my body. And I, there literally was not a spot on me from head to toe where I was just not, literally was just black and blue. This thing beat the tar out of me. But the good news is I destroyed it. And I think the reason this is an area with such intense, intense, demonic presence there's been like um 12 women alone just the women this is besides the men but this is the place that um first of all it lays on um two fault lines within but and with uh wiccans we believe if you have two fault lines that cross that creates a vortex and it lays on an indian old indian burial ground so Mm -hmm. this place is just throbbing with, you know, evil energy. And there's been probably 20-some unexplained deaths there. So Wow, that's a lot. Uh, yeah, and this is a place where, you know, we've, we've went several times to release um, souls that have been trapped there. And there was this one lady that just really particularly stuck to me. Um, her name was Carla Simmons, and she was a mother of two young children. And... Um, like I said, you know, her soul just really, you know, really stuck to me the first time we went there. And I knew that I had to, I had to release her. I mean, she was just calling out for my help and calling out for my help. And we had plans the next morning to do the actual releasing of the souls. And we do that through saying an ancient prayer and calling on 
one of the um, ancient deities is the psycho psychopomp call to do that. And I I think the reason and I I I, I thoroughly believe that the reason I had to fight this demon is it was a cave demon and they are way stronger than just your average um, demon because they're known uh, they're known as a cave dweller which is a lot different than just your normal average demon not like they're not strong enough but these ones are like your super super strong demons and they had such a strong hold um, on all of the souls there we had, when we went there the first time, this same demon attacked a team member from a different team, and I was able to get him out of there. And that night we were able to release some souls, but like I said, we, you know, we knew there were still several more there. And before we destroyed, without destroying this demon, I don't think he would have ever let go of the souls of the hold he had on those particular souls and I think the reason those ones were so important to him is because that's those are the souls that made the place um so so famous I guess you would say those are the ones yeah, that brought, yeah. brought all the popularity to the place right so I don't think he would have ever let go of those souls without without being destroyed so that was my worst one all the other ones have been pretty much you know open and shut case but I'm sure there'll be some more that's not going to go so willingly in the future. Yeah, I mean, I, I knew you guys were going up there and stuff like that, you know, but I never saw the pictures of all the marks and the bruises you had all over you either. <laughs> yeah, they're on there. <laughs> and I look at I look at every experience um, like this. I, I look at it if it's not if it's not a win if it's not an immediate well. I hate to say it a win, but if it's not an immediate win, I look. I don't look at it as a loss. I look at it as a learning learning experience for the next win because something down the line is going to come up to where I'm going to need that experience for. So I don't right. mind. And sometimes they they hurt a bit around the edges, but that's okay. <laughs> right. Um, we have one of your team members on, Sunny. Isn't okay. with us yeah. as well? Hi, Sonny. How are you? I'm doing okay. Good, good. Would you like to add to this show or, you know? No, but what you said about the Sandia Man Cave is very true, very real. Probably the only place that I got to the point I, I, never, I said I'd never want to go back to you, but I'd be interested yeah. to go back and see what else I do. I don't know. It might be kind uh, of dangerous. <laughs> well, it might be, but you know, <laughs> look at the past. I mean, I've never had a whole lot of experience with this until within the last, what, seven, eight months, I guess. And right. I can look back, and I can remember the shadow people in the trailer house I used to own before I moved to New Mexico. And that never scared me for some reason. It did the first time I seen one, but after that, it, it got to be like, you know, oh, well. No, no big deal. And then I got up here, and I got to looking around at the old Valverde here in Socorro, where I'm at. It's supposedly supposed to be haunted, and I got I got where I can feel things, but I can't see things. And that's where I really got interested in it. Got in contact with Teresa, and 
been going ever since, and I, I just can't get enough of learning more about it. And Sonny's wonderful. He's my assistant lead investigator, and he is he is my wingman. I mean, I cannot say enough wonderful things about Sonny. He has got so many gifts that um, he's yet to discover, and, I mean, I, I, I completely trust him with my life. He's got such a wonderful future in paranormal that, you know, he's wonderful, wonderful now, but he's even got so much of an even brighter future ahead of him that, you know, it's just endless possibilities as far as Sunny goes. But I'm I'm very blessed and just can't say enough wonderful things about him. I'm I'm so happy that, um, you know, to have him on my team. And I don't know what I'd do without him. I can call him at three o'clock in the morning and be like, Sunny, you want to go? And he's like, Yep, let's go. I mean, he's always down for anything. So he's great. <laughs> yeah, I mean. When I had my my team fully up and running in Connecticut, I had you know a fantastic team too. You know, I used to get calls like one two o'clock in the morning and just be like, "Jump out of bed, get dressed, and go." Yeah, <laughs> and it makes a difference when you finally get that perfect fit. You know, you have members come and go and come and go, but when you finally get that perfect perfect fit, it's just magic. Isn't that the truth? Yeah. Yeah, it's hard to find I mean, people that work well together like that. So. Exactly, and I think we've all had our nightmares of team members that don't match. And boy, did we go through one nightmare that we learned our lesson. But as I said earlier, everything's a learning experience, and you know, you brush off the dirt and keep going and learn what you can from it and do it better the next time. So that's it. I've had a lot of people that wanted to join my team at one time, and. Uh, they were just a bunch of thrill seekers. Exactly. You know, and I, I, I don't have time for a thrill seeker. No, no. <laughs> no, they, they, people don't realize how dangerous this can actually be. And, you know, you don't have time to babysit. You just right. don't. You have to have people there that are serious, that's going to put the work in, that's going to put the research and, you know, the training into it. And if they're not serious... Either they're going to get themselves hurt or they're going to get somebody else on your team hurt. And it has to be taken seriously or there's no place no place in it for them. Another exactly. thing, and another thing, and, uh, and I'll keep this short because, believe me, I'll get on my wagon about this one. Another, another place that I think no, nobody has business being on these teams is people who's on it for the fame. That's another huge pet peeve of mine, people that are just in the paranormal to become famous or, or, you know, to be, you know, become rich or whatever. First of all, this this costs a fortune to do. I don't see how anybody is going to get rich doing this the proper, you know, way they should be doing this. And those that are out there just to get famous and get their name out there, again, I don't think they have any business in this field either. Because, again, it's going to eventually get them hurt down the line or it's going to get somebody else hurt because when you're not in it for the right reasons, your head's not in the game where it should be. Exactly. Exactly. And, you know, a lot of new teams today, uh, they want the fame. Yeah. You know? They want to go out there. They want to get the fame without realizing the dangers that are out there. You know, I just recently 
watched a um, movie. Uh, it was called Cell Block 11. And for anybody that wants to know exactly the dangers there are out there, and it was more like a documentary, um, I would advise watching that movie. You know, because it shows you right there exactly what could take place and happen. And, I mean, even even if you put the paranormal perspective aside, and if we're not even looking at the demons or anything like that, you have your your straight-up, and I don't know how else to put this, but you have your straight-up weirdos out there that you know, can be getting you into your into their home for for not the right reasons. And, you know, you also got to be careful. You know, we all, of course, hope in our hearts that the clients that we're going to help, you know, that they, again, that they, you know, they have it in their hearts for the right reasons and that they really do need our help. But there's also those out there that, don't always want, you know, not always, don't always need the help, and they're wanting, they're wanting us out there for the fame themselves, and they don't always have the problem, and, you know, that's what I'm teaching the three new teams that I'm mentoring is, you know, you really, really got to pay attention when you're doing your intakes and ask question after question and take such good notes, you know, everything they tell you, write it down, and then once you get there to them, re-ask those questions and look for any you know, indiscrepancies in the stories they're telling you because, you know, you're going to eventually catch, if it's, if, they're, if it's not true what they're telling you, they're eventually going to catch themselves up in their lives. You know, they're eventually going to trap themselves up and, um, you know, it's going to come to light. We had a case, and we've been so lucky. In a year and a half, all of our clients have been, you know, true to heart. I mean, I've ended up becoming almost like family with every client I've ever had. But, a couple weeks ago, oh, my goodness, boy, did we have an experience. We ended up in a house where basically it was two women who done black witchcraft who they made the story, the story that they told us to get us out there was just a little bit too good to be true. I mean, the paranormal activity they were describing was just straight off a of Hollywood set, and I just... You know, I had that gut feeling right from the get-go that, oh, this, this just don't sound right. And then the pictures, that's another thing I tell, you know, new, new teams. You know, when someone sends you a picture of an injury, don't just go by that picture. You know, ask for a picture, uh, another picture the next day and the next day and the next day. And learn, you know, do a lot of research on, okay, what color should that picture be this day? What color should a picture be at day three, at day four? The same about a scratch and a burn. Because that's going to be another thing that's really going to bust it out if it's not a true, a true paranormal case. Because that was another thing that was, you know, another big red flag. You know, this I'm getting pictures of a lady saying, oh, look, I just got this bruise. No, there's no way you just got that bruise. That bruise is at least, you know, three or four days old. But anyhow, to make a long story short, as soon as I walked in the house, I looked at Sunny, and I was like, there is nothing here. There is absolutely nothing here. And this was supposedly a house where there was... Um, a shooting, a, fa- a shooting where seven people had gotten shot, and being an empath, I would have felt that like every hair in my body would have been standing straight up the second I walked in this house. You now, and me both. exactly. You and me both. Now, 
Now, there was activity on the outside, and, and these are two people that actually had two demons held, held. They kept them as pets on the outside of their house. That's a whole other story there. So, so the case wasn't pointless. We did, you know, that was taken care of. That problem was solved. Souls were set free, long story short. But anyhow, the whole reason of them getting us out there, believe it or not, was they, they like I said, they, they were black witches, did black witchcraft, and they wanted to match powers with me at 3 a.m. I was like, are you serious? I spent probably a good two and a half weeks, you know, work on this case before I even went, giving them the benefit of the doubt. Because like I said, this was a new, this was a new thing for me because I'd never, never mistrusted a client, never had a reason to. All my clients have been completely trustworthy. So I was trying so hard to give them the benefit of the doubt, even though my gut was telling me, you know, no, 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 this is too good to be true. And I should have listened, but like I said, it's a good thing we ended up going because, um, you know, my spiritual teacher is the one that, you know, ended up helping us out on that one and ended up, you know, finishing that one off. But anyhow, you know, it, it does happen, and it's sad because, you know, we do this out of the kindness and love and care of our hearts. We don't get paid to do what we do. You know, we do this because we care about people and we care about spirits, and that's the only reason. So to have somebody, you know, take advantage of you like that, it, it's it's hurtful. It really is because we do put so much time and effort, you know, into each case. That, but again, you know, there's people out there. So to the new to the new teens out there, you know, that's what that would be my number one piece of advice is, you know, really, really interview your clients thoroughly, write every single thing down they tell you and, you know, interview them thoroughly and then repeat your questions a couple times over and make sure, you know, that they're staying consistent with their stories and be very thorough on any injuries that they're sending you pictures of. And that's another thing. It's also hard with Photoshop nowadays. But... You know, you can only do what you what you can do as far as that goes. Yeah, I had a, a similar case like that in uh, last September where we went to, work to Long Island to do an exorcism. And we got the demonic entity out of the woman, but they claimed that it was locked up in a bedroom in the house. And I walked in the house. I said, there's nothing in this house. And, you know, it was within her. And... What happened was we gave them directions and instructions on what to do, what not to do, and lo and behold, right after um, Halloween time, I got a call back that everything was up in an uproar again. Well, come to find out, the husband was bringing stuff into the house. Oh, So I just kind of like, I can't deal with it. I can't keep running down there. It was like, a three-hour drive down there to begin with. Yeah. You know? So I kind of wiped my hands clean of that, and nobody in that area will touch them because yeah. of that. Yeah. You Like you said, you can only do so much, you know, especially when they don't follow instructions you give them. Like, we we give them a specific set of instructions, like you said. You know, no scary movies, no scary books. You know, you, you, you can't, you know, you can't do certain things. It's just going to turn around and bring it right back and then expect us to come fix it again. You know, we have too many other clients that's needing our help 
And another thing, you know, another thing that I, I another area where I'm really leery of getting involved is when there's drug use in the house. Because, you know, we can go in there and cleanse and bless and, you know, all this and all that all day long. The second they bring the drugs back into the house, you know, it's opening it all right back up again. Yep. So exactly. that's another one. Exactly. You know, you have to be very careful nowadays. And, I mean, we spent over an hour just interviewing Yes. this person, you know, question after question, you know, about the medication, you know, drugs, yeah. alcohol, uh-huh. mental illness. Yes. You know. I mean, I, I just think people are ridiculous. <laughs> it, it is, and it, it's so hard. I mean, you know, all we can do is take their word and use our best judgment, but, you know, it's not like we can give go in there and give them drug tests and, you know, all this and that, but, you know, you just have to go with your gut and, you know, use what you see. It's, you know, and then um, with with the scary movies, the hype of the scary movies that's out now, too, that also makes people want to want to get the fame. They want to be living the sets on, of the scary movies. So they want the, the, the paranormal investigators to come in there and make them famous, per se, and that's, you know, what they think is going to happen, and just doesn't happen that way. We're not, that's Hollywood. That's not real life. <laughs> and that's not what's going to happen for in real life when paranormal investigators go in there. So it's a real, it's a real confusion when you actually get there and they're expecting, you know, what they see on Hollywood and it's, that's just not how paranormal investigating truly is. Right, exactly. I mean, oh, I even had investigators, I should say. I mean, we can give them all that hype and fake stuff if that's what they want, but, you know, that's not the real stuff that's going to get rid of their problem. Right. Well, I, I also had, um, it was last summer that I got contacted by an author who wanted to be on my show and explain his story. And it was a true story. And then when I got into researching the book and everything, I found out, um, you know, a group went over there, got rid of what was in there, and then he went ahead and practiced black magic and played with the Ouija board, bought it right back. Why? Because he wanted more fame and fortune, write another book, and now he wants to go into a movie with it. And it's like, it's ridiculous. Why would you do this? Especially if you have a child in the house, why would you go Uh, ahead and do this? Yeah. That, that's the same situation like, like I was talking to you about the two women with the black magic that wanted to match my powers. They have a two-year-old in the house. And that, that, was the, that was the sad part to me. That was the part that just broke my heart, knowing that there was a two-year-old in that house and there was absolutely nothing I could do, you know, to help that yep. child. And they I mean, it's, not like you, it's not like you call the authorities and let them know about it because they'll think you're whacked out. Exactly, yeah. Hi, I'm a paranormal investigator. Yeah, right. How far is that going to go? And, I mean, they even sent me pictures of injuries on this child. And then after it was all done and said and we found out it was all fake, you know, then I'm left thinking, you know, well, then how in the world did this child get all these injuries on her, you know? Yep. So. Yep. You don't mind I like the NFC there? One thing I noticed when we went out there had no injuries on her the night we was out there that I could see. No, and I and I looked. 
and I, I asked her, I said, can I see your boo-boos on your legs? And she said, I have no boo-boos. And I looked at her legs, and there was nothing there. And this supposedly just happened, like, mm, I think two days before we went out. And these were bad. The pictures, I, it looked, and we still yet to be able to figure out what these were. It almost looked like severe sunburn, but... Yeah kind of in between a sunburn and a bruise at the same time. It was kind of hard to tell what they were. It was almost like if you had laid out in this, like if she'd fallen asleep outside in the sun, um, but there were stripes on her leg. And then, so then I got to think, well, was she hit by a belt? But then they were too perfectly marked, so I don't know. I still to this day, you know, there's not a day goes by I don't think about that child because I'm like, you know, well, what in the world, you know, what kind of living conditions is she in? So, right, right, exactly. You don't know head. what they're doing. Yeah, what they're, they're doing to her. Yeah, oh, yeah. exactly. So those Doesn't are the it ones. almost seem like a corruption, like, you know, spiritually? Yeah. Stuff like that. Yes, those are the ones your heart stay with, is the children, you know, the adults, you know, they're, they're, that's their choice, you know, their lifestyle is right. my choice. But when you have a child involved... And especially, like, like we've ran into a couple, a couple incidents lately where, um, you know, we're from, you know, we live, like I said, I, Magdalena is a very, very small town. It's not even enough of a town to call a town. It's a village. And then Socorro, where Sunny lives, is, a, is like 20 minutes away, the town right next to it. And people here, for the most part, they're very supportive of our team. I mean, they just love the idea. But then there are those few residents here. I call them, and I mean no offense to nobody, because I still consider myself Christian. I consider myself a Christian Wiccan. But I, I consider them Bible beaters, and I mean no offense to anybody by that statement. But I, when I say that, I mean those people who just, you know, push the Bible down your throat, push it down your throat, push it down your throat, those that aren't living right in God's eyes to begin with. And that's why I say that. So these are people that I know personally and, you know, that I've known for years, and I know they're definitely not living their lives right. Not that I'm judging them in any way, but I, like I said, I know these, these people personally that I'm speaking of, and I know they're not ones to judge anybody. I, I, think, I think everybody knows somebody like that, honestly. Exactly, exactly. So they'll get on. So they've they've interfered a couple times and and stepped in where we've had potential clients and been like, no, don't sage your house yourself. Don't do that. You just need to pray and light sage in your house. And I mean these these have been people where there there's been children in the house that's had injuries on them and, you know, they're calling out to our help on Facebook and then these people will step in and, no, just pray and light sage. And I'm like, oh, my goodness, and these people have listened to them. And then so, I mean, I'm tossing and turning night after night after night because I'm just terrified of, you know, what's going to happen to these kids now. Because, you know, as you know, if you've got a demonic oppression that far advanced, Praying and lighting sage, you know, what are you, what are you going to do as a parent who has absolutely no, point, no paranormal experience? What are you going to do when you're coming face, when you're standing toe-to-toe with that demon and your child's in the next room? What are you going to do? Your sage and your prayers aren't going to help. Yeah, exactly. So it's those situations that, you know, just tug at your heartstrings when, 
But that's what demons do. You know, they do everything possible to make sure to keep us away from those homes, the homes that need our help the most. The de- demons are very manipulative. They're very, very intelligent. You know, people think that they don't, that they're not, that they're not intelligent, and they are one of the most intelligent life forms on the face of this earth. They really are. They're very cunning and very smart and very manipulative and they will tear teams apart. They will keep um, teens out of homes that need our help. I've seen yep. it time and time again, and people just don't realize. It sounds They're... familiar, actually. <laughs> just knowing Judy. <laughs> yes, it does. I mean, you know, when we were going to New York, you're not gonna you're not gonna believe it. I mean, this thing was stopping us every bit of the way. Well, trying to stop us. You know, I, we got a $175 ticket on the way down there, held up for about a half hour on the highway, you know, waiting for the cops to give us a ticket. Um, closer we got, the thing came out and said to her husband, and what do they think they're going to do? You know, it's like, really? I'm going to show you what I'm going to do. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. You know, the, the weird thing about the video, because I've seen the video of what Judy's talking about, and um, the strangest thing to me is watching that video, and it's like somebody is in the skin that they're not used to, and they're they're constantly touching their face and rubbing their arms and you know shaking their hair like they're uncomfortable in the skin. It's the strangest thing. Oh, I I totally believe it. They they are very intelligent, and they will call all. They will pull out all the strings to keep you from getting there. And, you know, like me and Sunny always says, um, we will prepare for days before an investigation, and I don't care how prepared I am, every single thing the day of an investigation will totally go wrong. And it will seem like, you know, I feel like I'm getting out of the house in like a few minutes, and I'll look at the time, and it's like three or four hours have passed by. It's like stuck in in a time warp. It it just blows my mind. I every single time it, it happens to us. You know, I'll start like at seven in the morning getting ready, thinking I'm gonna be in Socorro by like noon. And by the time I get to Socorro it's four, five, six o'clock and I, and I cannot tell you for the life of me where the days where the days went, where all those hours and every single time it's been happening to us lately when it's been the demonic oppression cases. Yep. Oh. Yep. That's a lot of That's power behind it. It's kind of a scary thing. I'm surprised anybody would want to do that at all. <laughs> I I don't know. I just um. I don't know. I guess it's just. I feel like it's what I was born to do. So I've I've had so many people ask me, "Why would you want to do this?" And I was like. I can't explain to you why I wouldn't want to do this. I, I can't imagine doing anything else. As soon as I found this and found my niche and, you know, got the training and got with the right people, I couldn't imagine doing anything else with my life. I just I just feel like this was what I was born, this was what I was meant to do my entire life. Yeah, I know somebody that's just like that, you know, that's that just... Um from the time they were young, kind of on that spiritual path, even as a baby, kind of doing things. And 
just kind of watching them grow into that kind of spiritual person. Um, I think some people are just meant to be that, that, you know, go against the darkness type of thing. Well, I was told one time by someone that um, they were told by the divine in a dream that I was meant to be on the front line. Mm. And that might not make sense to a lot of people, but to me, as soon as I heard that, I knew exactly what it meant. You know, by me being on the front line, I meant that I, I know that it meant that I was meant to fight evil. I, 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 I can't explain how I know that that's what it means, but I also know that it extends to my daughters also. My daughters are 21 and 23, and right now, they, when they were a, a few years younger, they were quite awakened to their gift, and they got spooked. I don't know how else to put it. They kind of got scared out of it. So right now they're at a stage where they really don't want nothing to do with it, and that's fine. You know, I don't push them, but but they have they have the gifts that I have, and um, you know, if one day they decide to you know use them again, that's fine. If not, you know, I understand too. Not everybody's meant for this, um, but we've tried taking them out on investigations, and they've lasted about ten minutes before they left. And, you know, they're just, you know, they just, they just, it's not what they, you know, not what they want to be doing right now. And, you know, that's fine. Like I said, this isn't what everybody's cut out for. And, but then they turned around and went right back to the location we were at the night before. This is the Sandia Man Caves. And, oh, my goodness, I was so upset with them because they were there with us the night before. This was, um... The first night we were there when the other person that went from the other team got attacked, um, they went in broad daylight and went to went right up the steps, right up to the cave, happy as could be. And, but they were fine being there as long as it was daylight. They just didn't want to be there at nighttime. <laughs> and so I was a little upset with them because they had no idea what had happened there the night before. And... But, you know, that was just the mother bear in me, but I know they're fine. I know they've got the same, um, you know, protection around them that I do. So, I mean, I knew they were okay, but, you know, that that just showed me there, them going back the next day, and my other daughter was my youngest. She was like, Mom, those spirits are so sad. You know, you need to get back there. I could hear them somehow. I don't know how I knew they were calling you, but they're calling you. And I was like, I know, honey, I'm going to get back to them as soon as I can. So that showed me that there's, they're not blocking it out as much as they actually think they are. Mm-hmm. Wow. You talk about the, you talk about the other person from the other team. Um, I'm not going to mention any names, but I know exactly who you're talking about. Yeah. And um, I find that he tends to bring this on himself. Um, this is what he wants. Uh, even with all the haunted items, he's now purchasing and knows nothing about them. And, you know, he is the type of person that will get hurt. Yes. Now, he told me about a case, and I went and I had wrote a blog about it, and you contacted me, and I took the blog down, which, you know, out of respect for you, because they were not, it was not one case, it was it was yeah. two different separate cases. You know what yeah. I'm saying? Yes. Yeah. And he had it as one case. 
Yes, and he had it as his cases when they were my cases. Yes. Right, exactly. Yes. And I'm sitting there banging my head all day long trying to get him help, calling this one and that one and this one and this one. And it's like, you know, that I found, thank God you contacted me. <laughs> you know, I mean, like I said, he is going to end up getting seriously hurt. He very much is because, um, and again, you know, just just to put it as protecting confidentiality the best I can, and, and how how I can think to word this. Um, when when the shit got deep that night, let me tell you, he wasted no time getting up and out of that cave quickly, trampling exactly. me, trampling right over me in the process. You know, which was fine. You know, I'm the one that that saved his butt, you know, and made sure the thing didn't touch him, which is fine. That's what we're meant to do. But then, you know, but then once I was attacked, the next time it was, did a thing really attack you or what happened? Um, Yeah, it's the same thing that attacked you the last time, you know. So that's why I was so hurt and angry at him about. Did I ask you if the thing attacked you the first time? No, I just <laughs> saved you and got you out of there. So, you know, that's where our falling out came from. I was like, yep. no, no, no more of this. I'm done. I'm not going to have somebody sit and question me after I look like I just got ran over by five semis. You know, so that's where our falling out came. And now that I've been doing all kinds of radio shows, um, mysteriously I'm now unblocked. So what does that tell you? <laughs> yep. Yep, exactly. I I you don't know. I don't make mis- I don't make mistakes. I mean, even I I was involved with another person, and I did a lot of fashion shows. Okay, and uh, he wanted to be just like me and this other person, and I'm like, you can't do that. Stop it, because what's going to happen? It's going to turn on you. Mm-hmm. And the one that happens. It's the one that happened to turn on him was me. <laughs> you know, I mean, because he was trying to be just like me and this other person who, I'm not mentioning his name either, but um, he's totally off the wall and a fake and a fraud himself. And, you know, that's about all I could say about him, and he's not a good person. You know? Right. Well, you know, real, real true friends and supporters in the paranormal field, and I mean, again, I've only been in this a year and a half, but they're very hard to come to come by. And when you find one that's really truly got your back to the end, you better put your claws in that person and hold on to them with everything you've got. And the last thing you better do is screw them over because they are truly a dime a dozen. And I tell tell you what, I've been in the field for 21 years, okay? I have never seen the field as messed up as it is now since it hit social media. Well, it's like high school. It's worse than high school. It's romper room. Yeah. It absolutely is. It, it, it's horrible. But, you know, once I decide somebody's my friends, I mean, there's nothing in the world I wouldn't do for them. 
But right. like I said, I don't give second chances. Once you mess me over, that's it. I'm I'm done with you. In the beginning, I used to do that when I was new in paranormal. You know, I would forgive. No, not anymore. I don't have time for that. I have too many clients and too many spirits out there that need my help. You know, mm-hmm. once you once you throw me to the wolves, um, you know, don't come back because there's you're not getting another chance. I have more. I have more important things to waste. You know, more more important things to waste my time on. And well, you know, it took me the other person that I was talking about, and Darlene could vouch for me on this one. Over the past three years, he has thrown me under the bus time and time and time again, where I just went back and I would forgive him. Forgive him. Be nice to him. Forgive him. And then he'd do it again. Well, he came upon his last time. Because, I mean, three years is long enough dealing with that. You know, you just, you can't do that in this field because all your energy goes towards that. Exactly. But, you know, I almost think that certain people, that's, just what they're meant to do, and they're like manipulated by that dark side to do that. Yep, exactly. I think I think they are put sheep in what is the thing sheep in in wolf's clothing. Sheep in wolf's clothing. Yeah, I think they're put among us to tear us apart, to tear the 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 good teams and the good investigators. I think they're thrown among us to distract us from doing the good work and, like you said, to drain the good investigators because they're nothing but psychic vampires. They drain right. us and then we're not able, then we're not at our full capacity to be out there helping the ones that we need to be helping. Exactly. Because yeah, we're too busy... We're too busy wasting our energy on stupid idiots. <laughs> well, when I came when I came into this, let me tell you, I came into this like that. The person that brought my that that originally, well, I owe my team to John and Melinda Ivy, um, Heart and Souls from Berlin. They're the ones that took our team under their wing and trained us and taught us everything we know. We used to be Magdalena Paranormals, and then we became a, a chapter of their team. And thank goodness that the divine put them in my path because the person that I came into the paranormal under um, turned out to be the biggest, one of the biggest stakes in the paranormal. And um, as soon as I tried to branch away from him, because the deal was, he offered to just train us. You know, it was never to be his team or anything like that. He just made the offer to train our team. And I was like, you know, that's cool. That's very nice of you. Sure. Well, things started getting a little bit uncomfortable because he just started getting a little bit too controlling, too possessive of my team. And like I said, things just were not were not sitting right with me. So when I decided, you know, look, we're, you know, thank you so much for everything you've done, but we're going to change our name and, you know, we're branching out and, you know, thank you, but basically goodbye, you know, in a very polite way. Oh, no. That's when I was told, "Uh uh-uh, you're here to make me famous. And I was like, no, I'm not in in this to make anybody famous later. 
And since then, for a year and a half, this man has been trying to smear my name and make my life a living hell. Well, one of the the biggest blessing in the world that came out of that whole mess was me meeting John and Melinda. And right. uh, like I said, the most wonderful, caring, giving, paranormal, loving and paranormal investigators and friends you'd ever, ever come across in your life. And they took us under their wing, and they're the ones that finished training us. And, you know, still to this day, we investigate together a lot of times. We'll go on investigations with them, or I'll, I'll you know, I'll invite them to go with us. And, you know, it, it, it's just a, it's a great arrangement. And, you know, those, those are the kind of people that there needs to be more of in this field, you know, especially teaching. Right the newbies coming into this because the newbies need to be learning from the right people. If not, you're going to have more of those other ones like we're talking about, and that's just going to keep making the more and the more of the drama in the mess. You know, they need to be getting a hold of the right people, you know, training them coming in, or this disastrous illness that's going around the paranormal world is just going to continue. But, no, I mean, so I came in with a bad taste in my mouth because I was right smack in the middle of this drama right from the get-go. And, you know, that's when I was like, I'm not dealing with the drama. And that's how I ended up (laughs) actually, well, another person, another two people that um, I met out of all of that mess was uh, Crystal and Jeff, who was Connor, who was also wonderful. wonderful They've also helped us out a lot, but I met them through... Uh, this person that um, uh, I got involved under the wrong with the wrong person in the beginning. So, like I said again, back to my other thing that I said in the beginning. You know, everything that goes wrong or doesn't go the way you want it to go, there's only something good going to come out of it. So well, it's not only that. I mean, I had a very very good friend of mine um, who became quote unquote famous considers himself the godfather of the paranormal, and he is not. Um, We used to talk on the phone daily. He would come to my house for coffee, and now you don't even want to know my name. Mm -hmm. You know, and and that's the, the chances you take when you get to know these people. Yeah. You know, now I have consulted extensively with Ed and Lorraine Warren and they never treated me any different and they're they got movies out there and books and stuff like that and they're just the type of people that they take you on you know under their wing and I've never worked with them I will will never say I've worked with them I've consulted with my cases with them I've been to their house been to the museum you know, and um, they were wonderful people. And to me, Ed Warren was the godfather of the paranormal. Uh-huh. You know, I can't say anything or, or was bad he about the father him. of the paranormal? <laughs> He's the father of the paranormal. <laughs> yeah. I still look at him as the godfather kind of image. <laughs> yeah, you know, I mean, it, it's like... I, I learned many things from them. And those are the kind of people we need back into the paranormal world that have a love for the field and not looking for fame and fortune. 
Exactly. And, you know, and some people handle it. Some people, like you said, some people handle the fame beautifully, wonderfully. You know, they don't handle it. It doesn't get to their heads. Like um, another dear, dear friend of mine, Amy Jo, you know, Batgirl Radio, you know, Ghost Box, yep, Box yep. even though she stepped back from the paranormal, you know, that's one of my best friends, and I love her to death. She has been... She has been my inspiration from day one since I stepped into the paranormal. I mean, I look up to her. I, I just love her to death. She has the most fantastic personality, and she's never let the fame get to her since day one. I mean, you know, she, she handles herself wonderful. And then another, another lady, um, when I was coming into my empath abilities, oh, my goodness, I thought I was going to end up in a loony bin. I had no idea what in the world was happening to me. I thought I was losing my mind. And Amy Jo, I, I, oh, my gosh. I, um, Amy, Amy Jo asked another one of her really good friends who now does a radio show, uh, Nicole, Jink, uh, Nicole Johnson, excuse me. Um, she does a, a radio show with Alex, one of, um, one of Amy Jo's friends. And she, she asked her to mentor me because she's a very, very deep impact. And she got me through that. And, you know, she's like, no, honey, you're not losing your mind. You're an empath. And, you know, she worked with me daily. And, you know, so she was great. So, you know, there, there, there are exceptions. There are people that are famous, but they're famous for the right reasons. And they didn't ask to become famous. They, become, they became famous through the wonderful work they did. You know, there is a difference of people becoming famous for the great work and then the ones that just set out to become famous to make a name for themselves. There's two, you know, two different things. So it's not like I have a thing against all famous paranormal investigators. That's not it at all. It's it's the reasoning behind it, I guess. The reason behind the fame. And right. how, how yeah, and if you if you and not letting it get to your head, I guess, and not not forgetting where you came from. And exactly. you know and no matter how famous you get, you know, you've always got to remember those that are just learning learning the business, first coming in, you know, you've always got to make time for, for the new teams out there. Right. You know, that's what, you know, that's why I, I've, I've discovered I love doing the radio shows. I do the live feeds on my um, Facebook page. I have three different teams ac- across the country that um, – three new teams that just starting out that don't have para- other paranormal teams in the area that asked me to mentor them. So it just became very hard to try to teach three teams at once. So I, that's kind of was the start of my, of me doing the, the live feed lessons on my Facebook. And it just kind of turned into a, a teaching thing, a lectures. So that's kind of what started out started that out me doing that on my Facebook page and I found out that I enjoy doing that probably almost as much as I enjoy doing the actual investigations right right you know the giving back the teaching and the research I think a lot of teams also forget you know it's not just the investigating we we also have to keep we have to do our part in the research also you know, we can't just go out and play with the spirits. We have to do our part of the research to keep advancing the field also. And a right. lot of people, I think, lose track of that. All righty. Well, I think I'm going to end the show a little bit early tonight, Trish, if you don't mind. No, that's okay, hon. 
Okay, because I, I know that you were not feeling too good earlier, and you will be in my prayers. Oh, well, thank you. And, again, I am so sorry that I could not. I am, oh, I, I've advanced a lot in technology. It used to be a joke, but it was the truth. I did When I started investigating, I could not put the batteries in my own flashlight. And they used to make Oh, wow. <laughs> so I've advanced a lot, but my husband is sitting here with me, and he can do anything on a phone, and neither one of us could get it to work. So I don't know what in the world. So I apologize mm-hmm. for... For whatever the glitch was, I apologize again for keeping everybody waiting, and it was an absolute honor to be on your show. I really appreciate you having me. I really enjoyed speaking. Oh, no problem. No problem at all. We love having you. interview. Yes, it was. Thank you so much. (laughs) Thank you. Thank you, Sonny, for being here. Thank you, Trish. Thanks, Darlene, for co-hosting. And with that... I'm going to say good night, all. Good night. Good evening, all. Thank you. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.